We are Jordana and Annie, co-founders of Mothers Mary, which is a social enterprise that challenges the status quo in every aspect of motherhood. As empowerment coaches, we help status quo challenging moms to take back their power and feel confident about being their true selves through intentional plant medicine use and digging deep into their shadows. You can find more about our one-on-one services as well as our Mother's Mary community online at mothersmary.com. I am. I am. It's my son's first birthday today. Oh. So uh, just celebrating that and uh, surrounded by some friends that came by today. So I'm really thankful that you guys took, sorry, you ladies took the time. It's just a figure speech. Uh, ladies took the time to join me today on the Star Parent Podcast. We have uh, Jordana and Annie from Mother's Mary. Um, I can't even tell you how thankful I am for this group of women who have basically empowered people with their own personal choices to consume cannabis. And I just wanted to start with um, introducing you both as amazing people and give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your story and how this all came to be. Jordana, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Um, yes, I'm Jordana Zabitsky, and I suffered from mental health issues since the age of 11 years old. I also used pharmaceuticals at a very, very young age as well. It was very normalized in my home. If you have a headache, you take an Advil. If you have period cramps, you take a Midol. If you're depressed, you take Rivitrol. Um, it ran at a very young age, and by the time I was in my 20s, I went through a series of depressive episodes, and it really just, yeah, it was really just horrific, um, you know, feeling really suicidal at 25, and I had, like, my whole life ahead of me, and so many choices, but once you kind of reflect back on your mental health issues, and you realize, like, where your depressions actually are rooted from, it's because for me, I wasn't living my true life. I wasn't really doing the things I wanted to do. Um, so fast forward to 27, when I actually first started really using cannabis with intention, um, I decided that a friend of mine told me it would be really effective for my depression and my anxiety. And she saw that I was definitely leaning more towards alcohol and more prescription drugs. So she kind of empowered me and told me, you know, just give cannabis a try. And I said, you know, it always used to make me feel really uneasy. I would use this from paranoid because at the time I believed in its, you know, mainstream definition of, of paranoia. And I said, I really never enjoyed it so much. And she's like, well, you know, I think it would really help. So kind of, you know, like, and I'll be with you and you're in your own home and we're safe. And like, it was very empowering. So I tried it. And that night it was literally the first inhale that was it. That was like, love it first inhale, like love it first breath. Forget about sight, you know? Mm. So it was all about that. And it really had a, a profound change on my life. And then I became my husband, got pregnant, and I almost died from severe postpartum depression after the birth of my daughter, who's my mm. second born. And cannabis was what saved my life I got I was able to get off of I mean there's so much more backstory to my yeah mind. so much pharmaceuticals cannabis got me off of mostly my pharmaceuticals um you know my doctors I had terrible pregnancies it's like a very deep story but it's all you can find all of it at mothersmary.com mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, We have lots of blogs and videos about um, our journeys. And yeah, because of my fight for my own mental health and my own overall health, um, yeah, I created a Facebook group uh, at the time because, you know, Facebook mom groups are the place that moms go for information. It's Mm -hmm. a better source than Google for a lot of people. And I created a, a Facebook group and I would do live videos and share my postpartum you know, journey and, and the things I was going through and talked about medical cannabis and my use and how it was helping me. And that's how I found Annie. Where I should say, that's how Annie found me. I was just going to say, Annie, do you have a background in pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so um, this was a good marriage. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, I said when I met Jordana, I was researching online for information on using cannabis while I was breastfeeding um, mm. because I also struggled with mental illness. And at that point in my journey, I was, being put on antidepressants and sleeping pills. And it just didn't make any sense to me how any doctor in their right mind could prescribe a sleeping pill when I'm breastfeeding, sometimes like every two hours throughout the night. Like I was just like, you're, yeah. So I was looking for safer alternatives. And that's when I found, um, I already loved, so for me, cannabis was like love at first sight when I very first tried it, at first inhale, when I very first tried it when I was 15. And I strongly believe that I was able to stay off of like antidepressants and things like that because of my use and because of using it very therapeutically. And so, yeah, I was looking for information and um, I was looking for research and there really wasn't any. And then I found Jordana's Facebook group and um, just realized that that's it. There were other moms who were doing this, even though there wasn't that much research. And then when we met, we just both had such this drive to like change the world and make it a better place. And I realized that like, wow, everything that I've been doing in pharma, which is, so I used to work in pharmaceutical marketing and the agency that I worked at, um, we had a framework all around behavior modification and it's really understanding, you know, people's journeys and the pain points and how tired they are and how, you know, like they're desperate for any type of relief by that point usually. And basically how we use all those, you know, those things to sell lifestyle changes such as infusions and things like that. Um, so yeah, I was, I worked in basically like pharma, med, like prescri- prescription marketing, not mm-hmm. just like over the counter. And so, yeah, it was really life-changing what at the time I felt like I was doing because I really love science and love helping people. And that's it. I just, when I was talking to Jordan, I just clicked like, oh, wow, I can use all that knowledge and that experience that I have with pharma and now bring it to plant medicine and bring it to cannabis and really like Mm -hmm. lead that change forward. Um, And yeah, I brought a lot of meaning to what had been a very big catalyst in my postpartum depression because it's hard to realize like, this job that's paying my bills, I feel like it's compromising my soul and I don't agree with, you know, the industry anymore and the standards and what's happening. So. It truly is amazing how the work that we do affects our soul and how we feel about ourselves. If we're not completely in alignment with what we're doing for our work, it's going to affect us on the day to day. Just take note of that. Let's go back to Annie and Jordana. Thanks for listening. So when, when, when you ladies changed from the Facebook group to your website, how many followers did you have at that time? Well, I'll tell you this. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. Okay. We went from 5,600 moms worldwide uh, we're currently at, uh, I think, over 100 at this point. 
um, on our private group that we charge $1.99 for. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been the best decision we ever made. It's, it's, it's been a remarkable decision. And I just wanted to touch on one of the main topics that you talk about, what I've seen, you talk a lot about postpartum depression. Um, you also talk a lot about um, empowering women. And I just wanted to, maybe if you could share some, some of the commonalities that you've seen so far, some of the, yeah, some advice that you could give to, to mothers out there that are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. We, so that, because Mother's Mary was born from like our postpartum depressions and doing all of that work and bouncing off of each other when we both really see the world, like not in the same way that everyone else does, (laughs) the status quo, like, because yeah, it's just like, huh, what, why is it that way? Like we could do better. And so when having that exchange of really questioning everything and working through like our depressions and our trauma and all that, we realized like, oh my God, moms are so disempowered. Like in so many ways, like my first, I was at the doctor, like almost every five minutes, like every time that, you know, the fever went over one day, like I was there, I had to make a check, get it checked out, like la la la, like, you know, I just, I did, I never felt confidence in my own skills. And I think that that starts like the moment that you become pregnant, you know, and that's it. We've talked about this and we both experienced, we didn't know each other when we were pregnant. So we, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't even live, like we live in the same province, but we didn't live in the same town. So we had different, but very similar we had different, but very similar like experiences and realizing that the disempowerment really starts like as soon as you're pregnant, you know, that you have to be careful what you're eating and what you're using and all the things that you're doing before they're no longer good enough. And it's just this whole, yeah, disempowerment programming. And we think that it's really from, you know, the like establishment, right. And like government and societies, they don't want empowered moms who are following mother's intuition. You know, like when you think about, it's so funny what we're living right now. And people are like, oh, don't take the research from the Facebook groups. And oh, here you are with your Google doctorate and things. But think of like before technology, what, what did women turn to? One another, right? Their yeah. communities, their cousins, their, their sisters. Their grandmothers, their, exactly. Their grandmothers, exactly, yes. right? This community would like share their experiences and hey, here's what I used on this rash and whatnot. And, you know, and I, for me, like I, when I ended up in the rabbit hole of looking up what like my children were being prescribed and such it was from Facebook and um yeah it was actually it was a medication for constipation for toddlers and I was just like prescribed and I was just like this is not normal like my kid is two and it's not normal that he needs a prescription to poop like okay. nope I'm not going to you know like yeah. accept this yeah. there's a root cause here you know like and this is the disempowerment like this is exactly it's like take this and make the symptom go away and shut up and see you next time you know right, but it's right. like no one's listening to me being like hello this is not normal and I found it through a Facebook group like I, I found like all this information that it was being used off-label that it was basically like they figured out that it works well for the problem that we're trying to address, but it's not actually studied that way. It's not even mm-hmm. supposed to be prescribed to kids. Like it's this whole thing. So yeah, I think we just, we've been like really disempowered in the sense of like keeping us away from one another, you know, really being like wary of what people are saying and that's it. Like, this is not medical advice of, you know, like it's just, yeah, because before women really thrived in communities and 
yeah, the matriarchy just it got it got strategically taken down, you know. Yeah. So right now, I think we're Abolish. living the disempowerment wiped yeah. out. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm living it right now. Like I have an infant child, um, and we had him during COVID, and my partner and I have recently separated, and I feel completely disempowered because I don't have an income. I lost my businesses because of COVID, completely reliant on him, and he's just used that to his advantage and what can I do? There's not much I can do. I literally have to suck it up and wait for this system to play out to receive child support, to receive acknowledgement that I've been done wrong. And ultimately I have to take the, the higher ground because I need to be joyful and happy for my child. I need to have good energy in my home. I need to protect my milk that I'm producing. Every time I get stressed, it, 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 it affects my milk. So yeah, cannabis has definitely helped me to chill out when these moments of stress come and there's, not, there's nothing that I can do besides focus on my breath. And sometimes you just need that feeling of, ooh, which sativa can do and indica. <laughs> so... That's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards your, actually it was my friend Megan that recommended me joining the, the Facebook group. And then I've just been so thankful to connect with you both and uh, feel definitely empowered with my podcast. Now that you're, you're sharing your story and just supporting me. So it, it's really a beautiful cycle that we're, 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 we're pushing on here because it, there's so many parts of, being a female that is unjust, that our system doesn't protect. And if I may, you're a black woman. Yeah. Hello, my partner's white. Who, who do they believe? They always believe him. No. I mean, Lorraine, I cannot begin to tell you, <laughs> knowing, waking up to the corruption and experiencing, you know, being injured, being a victim, being a survivor of the mental health care system, the medical health care system, the judicial system, the educational system, and the overall government here as a white Quebec, Quebecer, okay, as a white Canadian, what I have gone through, the I am no longer, my brain and my heart, all I do, all I can do is cry mm. because I just, I, I can't even, my brain, it's so hard to even start to think about what a black woman experiences or what a Middle Eastern woman experiences or what an Asian woman experiences. I can't because here I am supposedly getting the best hair because of my skin color. And I'm almost losing my life and doctors are not listening to me and my children are, are at risk. I'm at risk. They're, they're only against me and popping me with pills and inducing me when it wasn't fully necessary. Mm. And here I am almost losing my life and I'm a white woman. There's anger in me. There's sadness and heartache in me as a white person. For, and I also forgot, I forgot, not that I forgot, but indigenous women, like I can, like it, it really tears at my heartstrings when I think about the corruption 
that all human beings have faced because it's not just women. It would be unjust and sexist to sit here and say that we have it worse. Men don't have it mm -hmm. better. They don't, poor things. They've been lied to. They've been given this role, this facade that they have to be, a role that they must play. Mm -hmm. Where are they getting that from? Other traumatized, wounded, patriarchal, misogynistic, generationally traumatized humans. We're all fucked up. Mm -hmm. We're all fucked up. You gotta love Jordana. Oh, her truth. We all have a responsibility to heal ourselves. We are a part of a bigger plan that we don't necessarily have control over, but yet we do have control over breath and we do have control over how we choose to love people. Let's go back. And I just have to give face to that because I do understand that not a lot of people will talk about these things. Not a lot of people will bring, bring race into the conversation, but I have the privilege to sit here and look at you while we record this. Mm -hmm. I have the privilege to get to know you better and I have the ability to use um, our platform to raise awareness on these issues. Mm -hmm. But you know, Annie and I are so conscious every time we put content out with our pictures, mm -hmm. with our wording, mm -hmm. we are mindful. We do mm -hmm. things with intention and we try yeah. to include as many souls as possible. And we just, all we want to do is be here to help others heal. doesn't matter what you believe, what your color skin is. If you know, it just matters that you are on the same path to healing and that you just believe in love and compassion. Yeah. I love that you said on your path to healing, because often some people think, even myself, I used to think this being right is what I need to be done. But no, sometimes it's not about being right. It's just about healing yourself, finding the root, like Annie was saying, finding what the root cause is. And that takes a time to be vulnerable and to surround yourself with people who you can be vulnerable with. So I, this group is amazing. And I'm so glad that there's, there's a price on it because people should be paying for your time and the effort that you've been putting into it. It takes a lot of work to build a community up to this you know so again like i've got goosebumps saying this just hats off thank you thank you thank you so much for all that you're doing for women um is there i love what you call them and megan was telling me you call them empower empowerances is that it can you tell us a little bit about that story <laughs> empowers <laughs> yeah because how it came about is like Jordana really does not like any of the like regular labels and like boxes <laughs> and such and she just couldn't get behind it of being like I kind of want to call myself a coach and I kept being like okay but that's what we're doing it was this whole journey of stepping into our role like you said at first we weren't charging for any of this and you know we didn't we just still had that self-doubt and like who am I you know and then we got certified as life coaches and we've been doing you know all these trainings and things to really mm -hmm. add to like our toolbox like our toolboxes and then really stepped into the role that we were playing and, but that's it. It still couldn't be a coach. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, Jordana had like a Freudian slip, I think as she usually does, which is really like an intuitive download now that we know better. <laughs> yeah, no offense, but like fuck Freud. I'm taking this as like my own 
like this is like this comes from me this doesn't come from freud so <laughs> no it's an expression right it's i know, I know. oh i know exactly <laughs> but i'm saying like and i'm i'm taking it back it's not a freudian slip i'm doing exactly what you're saying i'm like fuck mm. freud he has nothing to do with what's happening to me this is my higher <laughs> self that's what i'm saying i have yeah. a question what what do you think is a common myth that people think about women mothers who who smoke marijuana while they're pregnant or breastfeeding what's a common myth i mean it's like so easy it's just that you're a really bad irresponsible terrible mom like oh my god you smoke weed and you're pregnant you smoke weed and you have kids <gasps> shame like you might as well be wearing the scarlet letter like it's not like you're you're disgusting like that's literally the common stigma that we see is and and even if it's really like nobody really fucking cares, you know, like just go smoke your weed and be happy. Like, mm -hmm. I think that we put a lot of shame and fear and guilt onto ourselves because of society. Yes, there, yep. there it is a stigma that is real and alive and it exists. And yes, it is a very real problem. But at the same time, it's only a problem if you truly make it one for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like get informed, know what you're consuming, be responsible about it, put an intention behind it, and stop giving a fuck about what anyone thinks. Yep. Like, that's really the power of cannabis, and that's the power of empowerment, right? You don't have this unless you really feel educated enough, you know, if, like, for instance, if um, CPS comes to my house, and they're like, oh, we heard you use cannabis in your house, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be so thrilled at the privilege of having a social worker being able to have the opportunity to be welcomed into my home so that I can educate them and they can leave my presence a better person, mm. a more educated, more informed person. Because I can tell you about the endocannabinoid system. I can tell you about the CB receptors. I can tell you like whatever there is to tell you about cannabis because that comes from knowledge and that comes from research and knowing the plant and using it and having experience with it. And when you're able to sit down and have an informed discussion about it and you're not saying, well, I smoke weed because I like the way it makes me feel or I like getting high and, you know, or I like to smoke pot. Like when we use stigmatized words and the, the way that we mm -hmm. bring it up and talk like high or baked mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, that continues to add stigma to the conversation. But if you say I consume med plant medicine or I consume cannabis mm. because it helps alleviate symptoms of anxiety, yeah, you know what I mean? It's really about your language and the yeah. way you talk about it. So you can talk to your doctors, you could talk to your parents, you could talk to your social workers. Mm -hmm. This is what Mother's Mary is armed with. We have yeah. all the tools to provide to moms so that they get this information they get the empowerment and they're able to go live their life using their medicine or their therapeutic or spiritual or recreational use of the plants without guilt and shame because no right. one fucking deserves that. I've been right. throwing a lot of F-bombs. We may need to That's edit okay. Them. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be getting an explicit uh, <laughs> podcast entry. That's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh my goodness. Oh. Uh, I, I always knew that there was nothing wrong with pot from a very early age. Like I have an aunt, it's my, my dad's youngest sister. 
And uh, by the time she was 48, she's had 22 children. And uh, about half she's delivered on her own with her children around her. And she's an How avid- How many? 22, 2, 2, 22, 21, 22. Yeah, I know. I, have, I don't remember all their names. I think okay. I know about eight of my cousins from her personally. But the, the point that I wanted to make was she lived up in the mountains in Jamaica. And I remember when we used to go and visit her, there was always people like harvesting marijuana or smoking joints or something. And I just remember the chill vibe that was there and how everybody was working together. And she just always somehow made things work. And there was this admiration. I don't know what it was, maybe just the, the collective vibe, the community, I don't know. But uh, there was always this thing in the back of my head. It can't be bad if she's running her household and has this whole system working. Like, how is it bad? So, and then when marijuana got legalized, I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's happening. There's a shift happening. Now, I would love to see the shift happening in our judicial system for psychological abuse, financial abuse, for the abuses that we don't talk about as women, because we don't even know that they're abuses. And uh, if there's anything that COVID has helped me uh, understand is that I've been an abused woman and that I deserve to be treated better. And I'm aware of my own worth. And that came from healing. That came from really taking time to reflect on myself, not blaming my ex, not blaming anybody for the life that I have, but taking responsibility that I don't want to be treated like this anymore. And this is what I have to do to get out of this situation. So cannabis can be used for so many different reasons. And one of them could be helping you to heal and get to your higher self and understand what your body needs, what your soul needs to be free and to be safe. Ladies, 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 I can't tell you, I feel like I'm gonna cry. I'm so thankful for your group. So thankful. Full body chills. it's so beautiful to hear you say all that because I can feel the emotion how difficult it is and you're still in it but you've already like you're already seeing the opportunities to heal to grow to see the light you know to be the light and that's what's so important you know like that that was the biggest mindset shift for us like when you have depression and you're so stuck in it and you do blame and you you know, do feel like a victim. That's what keeps you like stuck in that yeah. cycle, you know, and it's exactly. super hard to talk about. Like, I honestly only got out of my victim mode, like six months ago, from doing my quantum energy healing training, like I yeah. still would default to that, like mindset and just always feeling like, why me, poor me, and what mm -hmm. am I going to do? And it's, it's really fucking hard, because that's the thing that it there are really like, bad systems in place right now, we are being, you know, abused, and we are being not taken care of. And so it's, it's, for me, I struggled with it because I had to like acknowledge, like you said, that I was a victim in those ways and that, you know, I've been let down by this system and that system. 
And when we're gaslighted all the time and not acknowledged, and you know, we still feel like victims, of course we still have this victim mentality because that's it. No one actually said, you know, I'm really sorry for what happened to you. Like that sounds mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, so many women, like we've gotten like, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, or you know, I'm sure you're not exaggerating, or mm-hmm. you know, no, no, no. You're dressed like that, so you deserved it. That's yeah. it. Or with mental health, well, you should be happy that you know, at least you have like health care, you know, like you have yeah. access to free health care, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I guess but so yeah a lot of us are really just still victims in the sense that we haven't been acknowledged we haven't Mm -hmm. self-acknowledged or from other people and the perpetrators and it's so yeah it's it's a really I think that's a big part of the healing journey is to really acknowledge and forgive and self-forgive and forgive others to then no longer see ourselves as victims and to be able to flip that switch yes so like good job like honestly you really should be so proud of of yourself for like where you are (laughs) along this yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And that's what I ask like, all my listeners, you know, like what does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because whatever it is, you just seek it, you ask for it and you do whatever it takes to make you shine. And that's ultimately what you just said, Annie, we have to find our, our truth inside of us and let that out. Mm, ladies, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. I'd love to connect again. Anytime we're here. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was very meaningful to me. Please follow us on Instagram at the Star Parent Podcast. And if you have any questions or concerns, send us an email at the Star Parent Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you and have a wonderful day.